Holmes examined it for some time, and then folding it carefully up, he placed it in his pocketbook. This promises to be a most interesting and unusual case. You gave me a few particulars in your letter, Mr. Hilton Cubitt, but I would be very much obliged if you would go over it again for the benefit of my friend here, Dr. Watson. Yes, well, I, I'm not much of a storyteller, Mr. Holmes. He clasped and unclasped his great strong hands together. You will uh, ju just ask me anything that I don't make clear. I will begin at the time of my marriage last year. But I want to say, first of all, that though I'm not a rich man, my people have been at Ridingthorpe for a matter of five centuries and there is no better known family in the county of Norfolk. Last year I came up to London for the Jubilee, and I stopped at a boarding house in Russell Square, because Parker, the vicar of our parish, was staying there. There was an American young lady there too. Uh, Patrick was the name, uh, Elsie Patrick. In some way we became friends, until before my month was up, I was as much in love as a man could be. We were quietly married at a registry office, and we returned to Norfolk a wedded couple. You'll think it very mad, Mr. Holmes, that a man of a good old family should marry a wife in this fashion, knowing nothing of her past or of her people. But if you saw her and knew her, it would rather help you to understand. She was very straight about it, was Elsie. I can't say that she did not give me every chance of getting out of it, if I wished to do so. I've had some very disagreeable associations in my life. I wish to forget all about them. I would rather never allude to the past, for it's very painful to me. If you take me, Hilton, you will take a woman that has nothing that she need be personally ashamed of. But you will have to be content with my word for it, and allow me to be silent as to all that passed up to the time that I became yours. If these conditions are too hard, then go back to Norfolk and leave me to the lonely life in which you found me. Yes, well, it was only the day before our wedding that she said those words to me. I told her that I was content to take it on her own terms, and I've been as good as my word. Well, we've been married now for about a year, and very happy have we been. But about a month ago, at the end of June, I saw for the first time signs of trouble, Mr. Holmes. One day my wife received a letter from America. I saw the American stamp on it. She turned deadly white, read the letter, and threw it into the fire. She made no allusion to it afterwards, and I made none. For a promise is a promise. But she has never known an easy hour from that moment on. There's always a look of fear upon her face. A look as if she were waiting and expecting. She'd do better to trust me. She'd find that I was her best friend. But until she speaks, I can say nothing. Mind you, she is a truthful woman. And whatever trouble there may have been in her past life, it has been no fault of hers. I'm only a simple Norfolk squire. But there's not a man in England who ranks his family honour more highly than I do. She knows it well, and she knew it well before she married me. She would never bring any stain upon it. That I do know. Well, now I come to the queer part of my story. About a week ago, it was Tuesday of last week, I found on one of the window sills a number of absurd little dancing figures. Uh, like these upon the paper. They were scrawled with chalk. I thought that it was the stable boy who had drawn them, but the lad swore he knew nothing about it. Anyhow, they'd come there during the night. I had them washed out and I only mentioned the matter to my wife afterwards. To my surprise, she took it very seriously, and begged me if any more came to let her see them. None did come for a week, and then yesterday morning I found this paper lying on the sundial in the garden. I showed it to Elsie, and down she dropped in a dead faint. Since then she has looked like a woman in a dream, half-dazed and with terror always lurking in her eyes. It was then that I wrote and sent the paper to you, Mr. Holmes. It was not a thing that I could take to the police, 
for they would have laughed at me. But you will tell me what to do. I'm not a rich man, but if there is any danger threatening my little woman, I would spend my last copper to shield her. He was a fine creature, this man of the old English soil. Simple, straight and gentle, with his great earnest blue eyes and broad, comely face. His love for his wife and his trust in her shone in his features. Holmes had listened to his story with the utmost attention, and now he sat for some time in silent thought. Don't you think, Mr. Covet, that your best plan would be to make a direct appeal to your wife and to ask her to share her secret with you? Hilton Covet shook his massive head. A promise is a promise, Mr. Holmes. If Elsie wished to tell me, she would. If not, it is not for me to force her confidence. But I'm justified in taking my own line, and I will. 